Rome, it's the eternal city. It's one of the most romantic and popular destinations in the whole world. But many a visitor is met with a harsh reality when they wander Rome's ancient streets. Overcrowded sites, chaotic urban scenes, unpredictable transit strikes, if you're not prepared, Rome can be a challenge. But many will agree with me that it's all worth it. Nina Bernardo, Francesca Caruso, and Susanna Perrucchini specialize in guiding American tourists around Italy, and they've all made Rome their home because they love their city. They join us now on Travel with Rick Steves to share their love of Rome and share with us some tips on how we might enjoy it too. Nina, Francesca, Susanna, buongiorno. Buongiorno, Rick. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. So, Rome, I love history, and there's history everywhere you look. Francesca, you're born and raised in Rome. What's it like just to go to work surrounded by all that history? Well, sometimes I think about it that I can wait for the bus right by where Julius Caesar was stabbed to death. So I'm thinking that Rome is a place where history goes from printed words in the page of a book to something that's alive every minute of every day. So you can feel that something that happened 2,000 years ago happened right now. And there's layer after layer. Layer after layer. I mean, it's like an archaeological dig, isn't it? But it's right before your very eyes. Yes. You have over 2,000 years of history in front of your eyes every single moment, wherever you turn all at once. How does living in Rome shape your outlook? Well, I would say that most Romans take it for granted I think they they gain a sense of how special the city is when they go elsewhere and they always find everything else so new. So Uh you become become sort of uh, aware of how what it means to live with 2,000 years of history once you leave it. I think if you grow in it and you see the Colosseum every day when you drive to work, in the sense you don't even see it anymore. And you might make a case that if you live in a land with very little, with a shallow history, you don't appreciate history quite as much. I mean, the oldest building in my town is 100 years old. The oldest building in your town is 20 times that. But maybe if you live with things that are 2,000 years old every day, I think you forget it and it just you becomes something that you know. I think I've had many conversations with my Roman friends who say they've never been inside the Colosseum. Yeah. They don't know where... They it, take it for granted. They take it for granted, yeah. But once you open their eyes to one thing, then they understand and appreciate as well. Nina, you adopted Rome as a hometown and you've lived there for nine years, but uh, you were from Naples before that, right? Yeah, I've lived in Italy about 20 years in a few different places, and I'm glad I chose Rome as my last place because I think if I had started there, I would have fallen in love immediately (laughs) and I would have never had another experience. How do the rest of the Italians look at Rome? (laughs) I think the rest of the Italians look at Rome like many people look at the capital of any nation, Uh, that the Romans are more arrogant, that, you know, they have excessive pride in their city, like the way Brits would look at Londoners or Americans look at New Yorkers. Yeah, so Rome is sort of the the dominant cultural hub. Yeah, exactly, right. And Susanna, what's your take on the the split between the north and the south of Italy, and, and where does Rome fall in there? Well, I definitely think that Rome falls uh, center-south. Center-south. Yeah. But how would you say the the personality between the north of Italy and the south of Italy is different? The the north is more industrialized, more uh, organized. The people are uh, not as warm, let's put it that way. In fact, people think that Rome is south, despite the fact that it's in in the center of the peninsula, because it has to do with the attitude. Towards life. So Rome has a little bit of that southern love of life, which you yes. might not find in Milano. Yes. Francesca, when I'm when I think of Rome, I think of a it's gritty, it's coarse, I think it's brutal in some ways. But the more I visit it, the more I enjoy it. Is there a, a secret to loving Rome as a package deal in all its complexity? I think you have to meet it halfway. 
And I think that you shouldn't let the grit and the chaos stop you. You should be willing to go beyond it and see what's underneath the chaos. And also to go about it like a Roman. I think that even up north, they're willing to admit that the Romans have this fantastic kisera, sera, fatalistic, very humorous uh, approach to life. The Romans will crack a joke on anything. If you're, you know, in the middle of a strike and nothing is working, there's always somebody comes up with a joke. And Is that you know, right? So absolutely. The, the mood. Yeah, Nina. they lighten the mood a little bit. They're incredibly sarcastic and ironic. And cynical. Yeah, and cynical. And Sarcast, I, this, sarcastic, so, ironic, and cynical. This, yeah, that's it, a Roman character. This is an words. excellent example from Francesca's neighborhood. She was the one who pointed this out to me. There was a big pothole in the middle of the street, <laughs> and it had been there for probably centuries. Ever. And someone had, some Roman had put a sign there that said, Julius Caesar tripped on this pothole. <laughs> in oh. 45 BC, they even got the date right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> 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 classic. When and that you, is classic Roman humor. Yeah. Cheryl's calling from Portland in Oregon. Thanks, Cheryl, for the call. Hi, Rick. Thank you for taking my call. So my husband and I are traveling to Rome. So other than the obvious sites like the Colosseum, the Vatican, what are some less-known sites that you would recommend? So all of us tourists, we have the same top 10 sites. Uh, Mm. I'd just let each of our guides share their favorite offbeat site. Nina? I would definitely go to the Capitoline Museums. It's really, really a manageable museum with an excellent collection of ancient Roman art, and not a lot of people go there. And gorgeous statues. Uh, Susanna? Well, I would choose uh, another a wonderful museum, which is uh, the Borghese Gallery Mm. in one of the most beautiful parks we have in the city, definitely the most manicured and the closest to the center. Over there you can find, you know, Bernini and you can find Roman mosaics and it's such Mm. a a wonderful frame for a wonderful content. And it's so sumptuous and and beautiful and also very in demand that you have to have a reservation. Yeah, you must have a reservation. But a beautiful thing, uh, Francesca, how many people do they let in at a time? Mm, I think around 300, so it's manageable. So it's manageable. It's never overwhelming. I mean, very like elegant the no. museums or something. Francesca. I would say San Clemente, my oh. my love and my obsession. So San Clemente is a church from the twelfth century built on top of a church from the fourth century built on Roman buildings from the first century. So you can time travel two thousand years and thirty feet underneath the level of a city today and you can understand what it means when we talk about the layers. You actually experience the layers. So you step so, into a church called San Clemente. It looks like a, any other church. It's a short walk know. from the Colosseum, Absolutely. so it's very easy to get there. And it looks like just a beautiful, I suppose, a Baroque church on the outside. On the outside, see? yes. And then you enter, and it's a 12th century church. Then you walk through a little door, you go down the stairs, and you actually get to a church built in the 4th century. So wait, so it was 800 years old, and then all of a sudden it's 1,600 years old. And then there's another staircase that takes you down even further into what feels like the bowels of the earth that is actually Roman buildings from 2,000 years ago. And it's one thing to say layers, and another thing is to see them, to feel them, to imagine them, and experience them. San Clemente is the place. And this is before there was Christianity, when you get down to the very bottom of this thing. And it was actually, there was a, a little stream, and there was bricks, and there was buildings, and it was like... You can cross a little alley from 2,000 years ago, and you can imagine what the average life of a Roman was, as opposed to the grandeur of the form and the Colosseum. What was it really, really like to be an ordinary Roman? And there's no crowds. That's the amazing thing. You'll find people getting sunburned in the line trying to get into the Colosseum. In a 10-minute walk away, you've got San Clemente, and it's just you and the, and the dank, quiet you know, feeling of 2,000 years of history surrounding you. Cheryl, thanks for your call. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're joined by Nina Bernardo, Susanna Perkini, and Francesca Caruso. We're talking about Rome. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Matt's calling from Libertyville in Illinois. Hey, Matt. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate the time. My family of four, uh, my two young daughters, nine and six, and my wife are taking a trip to Rome. So with our home base around the Piazza Navona, 
Is there some way to approach the city in a way that you see as much of it as you can and start to meet some of the locals? Uh, Nina, if you were uh, coaching parents with two... Uh... I would say for sure one major activity a day and don't tire them out and do things that have a physical aspect to it. So, for example, you could go out to the aqueduct park oh, and rent yeah. bikes. And I think your daughters would absolutely love that experience. And you can learn about history while you're out there and see Roman aqueducts that were built 2,000 years ago. But you're riding a bike while you're doing it, and that could be a really fun experience. And this is just a beautiful green park. And loping across the wide open fields are these series of arches that brought water into the great city of Rome. A million people got their water from these aqueducts 2,000 years ago. Incredible. And Susanna? Um, Well, I would, you know, sometimes Rome can be a little bit claustrophobic, so uh, why not going and have a little excursion? You can use the public transportation. You can take a little train to Lido, uh, which means the beaches, the closest beaches we have in Rome, And uh, you can see, actually, the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, You can have a walk. You can have a gelato. And uh, you can enjoy just the Mm -hmm. day out. And it's only 35 minutes uh, from Rome to the beach. Francesca, about a 10, 15-minute walk from Piazza Navona, where he will be, is the Tiber River. Across the Tiber River, you've got a beautiful um, palazzo. Far, far, what is the, the Palazzo Farnese, and then uh, and then across the uh, the river into Trastevere, which is, has a wonderful neighborhood feel. And I think even taking your kids there for a gelato or even for a pizza making uh, thing might be fun. If Something you ever were going to turn kids loose and say, see if you can write a little <laughs> poem about what you see, I think Trastevere would be a great place to do that. I would bring them to Piazza San Cosimato where they have that kids' playground and let them play around with the Italian kids and just yeah, make some friends. That's yeah. a great idea. Just hang out Piazza on the bench like you're San a local. Cosimato. Piazza San Cosimato, yeah. Have fun, Matt. Yes, thank you so much. Take you're care. You're very welcome. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking about the wonders of Rome with Nina Bernardo, Susanna Perrucchini, and Francesca Caruso. Let's finish our little Roman uh, uh, discussion with just your favorite little intimate way as a Roman that you appreciate your city and that a traveler might enjoy also. Nina. So if I want a quiet moment, I go to the Protestant Cemetery, which is in my neighborhood, and I sit near the place where Keats was buried, and I look onto my absolute favorite monument in the city, and that is the pyramid, which I also see from my kitchen window. And this is the neighborhood called Testaccio? It's between Testaccio and Ostiense. It's just outside the Aurelian walls at Porta San Paolo. And you can get there quite easily on the You can get a, there on the B-line, there. on the metro. Piramide yeah. is the metro stop. You come out, you see the pyramid, so walk the pyramid, behind it. That would be the Italian yeah. word for pyramid. You step out, there's a pyramid there, mm-hmm. and behind the pyramid is the Protestant cemetery, and it's located out there because probably if you weren't a Catholic, you, you were. It was you a non-Catholic cemetery, <laughs> yeah, and also called the non-Catholic cemetery. So non-Catholics, Protestants, get and here. atheists are buried All there. All right, and Susanna. Well, for me, it's not such a cozy place because actually, especially during the weekend, there are many people. But I have an 11-year-old girl, and we do like on Sundays, if it's uh, the weather is good, and usually it is, to go to the Borghese uh, Park. And since uh, Sofia is not so good at biking, we would have a tandem. We would have a bike for the two of us. We would rent it. It's so much fun. You can go around, and then you can stop and have an ice cream, or there is a merry-go-round. And, you know, these are fun activities. I mean, Rome becomes more human when kids can do things that other kids do in the rest of the world. And young at heart kids can, kids of any age can enjoy any that age, in their travel. Any age, Francesca. There is a, a church behind the Pantheon, and I like to go there in the late afternoon where I can sit on the steps of an old church and look at the Pantheon and look at an Egyptian obelisk on a Baroque elephant and see the little kitties in the neighborhood playing soccer. And so it's a Pantheon and the children playing soccer. That's 2,000 years I in an instant. It. Francesca Caruso, Susanna Perrucchini, and Nina Bernardo. Mille grazie for a better understanding of Rome. Thanks for having us. 
Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com. Thank you.